on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no, headshot, case closed What is up guys, it's Andy Frisella And this is the show for the real and say goodbye to the lies The fakeness and delusions of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality Guys, today we have Q and AF That's where you bring the Qs and I give you the AFs I don't know what the fuck that means, but that's what it means, all right? Then sometimes we have CTI, which is uh, Cruise the Internet. And the way these two episodes work together, these two formats of episodes work together is on CTI, we bring up topics that are going on in the world, and we talk about what a shit show it is and what the core problem is. Then in Q&AF, we teach you how to overcome those problems by becoming amazing yourself, because that's the solution. Then we have Real Talk, and Real Talk is where I get on, I give you a hot dose of some truth. Sometimes you like it, most of the time you don't, but it's always reality. Then we have full length. Full length is where we bring on a guest, we talk about how they kicked ass, and then they talk about how you can too. That is the show, okay? And we believe in realism here. We tell the truth here. We deal with facts and data here, not feelings and emotions and weak ass shit. Now, with that being said, there is a fee for the show and the fee is very simple. Tell a motherfucker. That's it, okay? I don't, run ads for the show. I don't run ads on the show. And I do that to keep the message pure. I do it because I don't want to answer to anybody. I do it because I don't really give a fuck what anybody else thinks. I want this to be a real show from my brain, from my heart, and not manipulated by someone's dollar figure. Okay? So I ask that you share the show. That's it. Now, today we have a special Q&AF because not only do I have my regular co-host, I also have my veteran co-host, DJ, DJ God. What's up, dude? You guys took it to another level the other day when you had uh, Zeeshan. That was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Bro, I got to tell you, I heard that. I got really excited, and I instantly started thinking of, like, crunk nicknames for Zeeshan. What'd you come up with? Um, well, I, I didn't come up with a nickname as much. Well, I mean, I Zeeshan the Impaler, which is not very good, but I did come up with a phrase that I think is... Perfect. Zeeshan is the man who turns India into Windia. Oh! <laughs> we got Zeeshan from Windia in the house. <laughs> That's fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. Cue the, cue the I, fucking, I, uh, the, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to lie. I probably spent way, way too much time in my car That's thinking, okay. through, I, thinking through nicknames. I, I'm for sure Zeeshan. you used the whole entire yeah. notepad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also have sexual chocolate in the house. What's going on? What's up, dude? How are you? Chocolate salty balls, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Getting it. Oh, what's going on today? Hey, man. We got some good ones? Got some good things. Really? Brother. We got some good ones. What's the you. line? What's the line over there, Wendia? Tell them. Got three good ones for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started. Let's get started. Let's knock this out. Oh, guys, remember too, these are your questions. You email those in. Submit those questions by emailing them to askandy at andyforsella.com. They could be about anything. Um, and first question. All right, Andy. Andy, I'm currently on phase one of the Live Hard program, um, and it's my first time using the visualization technique. My question is, is it better to visualize your long-term goals or should you fo focus on short-term goals that would eventually lead to your long-term goals? Long-term goals, 100%. If you only visualize about your short-term, you will only achieve your short-term. Um, 
you, this is how I suggest that you think about visualizing. If you, if I were to come to you today and I said, hey man, when you visualize, you are literally, and I mean literally, creating your future self and your future life in your brain before it actually exists in reality, how seriously would you take the visualization? Right. Like if, I, if, if you knew that however you visualized yourself was absolutely what you were going to become, mm. that's how serious I would take visualizing, okay? Yep. Most people don't do it at all because they... They don't know how, or they're, you know, like this person, they're a little confused. Like, do I do the short term or the long term? And a lot of people, when they visualize, they get caught up in the how. Like they start thinking these big dreams and then they start thinking, well, how am I going to do that? And then their their thought process gets way off track over, you know, over off into yonder somewhere, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? To where it doesn't make any fucking sense. And you're now you're not visualizing and building anymore. Now you're stressing over how you're going to do it. That's wrong too. This should be a time of creation. It should be a time of focus and it should be taken very literally because I believe this to be true. I believe that what you visualize for your life will become reality. I believe in quantum realities. I believe that we are our own creator. I believe that we design our own lives. And I believe that the reason that society is the way it is is to suppress our creativity and our own thought process about what we're capable of so that we actually don't create a much better society than what we actually have. And so I, and this, you know, you could think I'm crazy. I don't really care. Um, I truly believe that if the truth were to be told about what's known about the human mind, I believe it would be discovered that we are actually literally able to create our own reality through visualization um, and, and the law of attraction. And uh, I believe that, that when, I, when I'm visualizing, I believe that I'm actually creating something that will exist in real life. And so far, I've, I'm 100 for 100, okay? So that's how I would do it. I would visualize my ultimate life. I would visualize every single thing that I want. Um, I, I, would, I would try to see this in clear, uh, as clear of a detail as I possibly could. I would back that up by trying to experience these things in reality, uh, at least taste them in reality at some point so that you can have a better ability to visualize what it's actually like. Um, that means, you know, going window shopping on the online, look at houses you want, uh, think about the life you want, look at cars you might want to drive, um, you know, look at office buildings that you, you, you think you want your company in, uh, you know, all, all of these things, like, you know, how, what you want to do with your family, where you want to go, what, what. You know, all of these things should be thought about. And I believe the reason that there's lack of achievement in reality is because most people don't think of these things yeah. at all. Yeah. But on the same side of that too, like, I mean, you say this all the time, visualization is just half of it, right? So like, what's yeah. the importance? Like, I mean, cause you talk about like do the window shopping, right? But I think there's a, there's a huge chunk there that people have to understand that there's still a lot of fucking hard work that goes yeah. along with that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like part of the problem with the whole law of attraction mentality is that it's gotten to a point where we have all the guru people out there, you know, talking about how you can just fucking think of shit and it's going to materialize. And, you know, while I don't think that's the truth, I think that there's two parts to it. I think there is a part of, of, of building it in your mind and there's a part of building it in reality. And you have to be taking steps aggressively towards that vision 
every single day if you really truly expect it to become reality. But the universe will help that become reality when you clearly define on what it is you want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, one hundred percent, man. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing is just by by nature, the nature of short term uh, goals, they're they're limiting. They're limiting. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, there's no way that I, the the whole point is to have big, huge, larger than life, exceptional goals. So that's what you should be focusing on. But you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to accomplish a really huge goal in by next week. I actually week. think it's far easier to accomplish massive goals than it is smaller goals mm. because there's less people that try. Yeah, there's way less people that try to be uh, to accomplish these massive goals. There's much more congestion and traffic at the smaller goal area. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you know, like I think it's harder. I think it's harder to compete. Um, with the people who are, you know, trying to make two hundred to six hundred thousand dollars a year, than it is mm -hmm. to compete with the people making thirty or forty million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I, I, because there's more people there. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, when yeah. when you think of your dream, and and and, you know, is this a dream that everybody else has? Because if that's a dream everybody else has, there's more competition. Right. But if you go beyond that, there's there's more space to accomplish. And my, yeah. that's what I found. That's real. Yeah, I, th I think one thing that I think of too, it's like people tend to tell themselves like I, when we first met me and Andy uh like that was one of the, the the first things you you really like hit home with me and like made me think about things completely different it's like you know whatever goals you have right now scratch them and make bigger ones I told you that on the first day you know what I'm saying like like yeah. it was me telling you that? yeah it was I told you that right back there it's changed my life like, 100% yeah. man and and I think what people tend to get into and maybe you can help us out with this a little bit is they 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 begin that inner voice, right? And I don't I don't it's not necessarily the bitch voice, but it's the inner voice is just telling them that's not real. Well, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like But where does the realistic framework come from? Your ability to see it. No. In my opinion. No, no. It comes from what you're told you're able to achieve in yeah. life. Yeah. It's it's what your parents told you, it's what yep. your teachers told you. And it's really it's really weird because <clears throat> you know, when you're really little, um you know, people will say, oh, you could be whatever you want. Dream big, blah, blah, blah. That's what they used to tell you. Right. Now they tell you if you're if you're white, you're a racist. And if you're <laughs> black, you can't do shit. <laughs> no shit. Um, and, and they think they're being uh, they think they're being progressive or helpful by doing so. More no, virtuous. You're handy. Right. You're handicapping people for life. Yep. Um, but when I was growing up, I was told I could be anything I wanted. Yep. I was told I could be president. Yeah. I was told I could be fucking anything, anything. Um, as I got older. Uh, you know, it, teachers became more and more less like that, and and and, and more and more restrictive. More limiting. Yeah. Oh, you need to be Andy. You know, by the time I was in high school, I had a fucking guidance counselor be like, "Oh, Andy, you know, um, those schools are for cream of the crop, and you're just not cream of the crop." Right. Like right. that's where they. That, so they start off with telling you this, but then if you if you try to maintain those big visions, you face more and more resistance through the system, and what you're facing is people who weren't able to do things themselves so they think that you're not capable yep. a lot of parents parent this way a lot of parents have a really bad problem with believing that because they weren't able to do something that their kids can't do something and they come home and vocalize that shit to their kids yep oh bro i got my ass kicked today you better get ready for the real world because you kick your ass <laughs> no the real world will, will kick your ass if you're not prepared for it you know what I'm saying? Or you're a lazy piece of shit or you're looking forward to fucking drinking a 12-pack every day at 3.30. Yeah. Yeah, the world kick your ass. Well, and it goes back to the visualization too, right? Like if that's what you're visualizing, the fucking world of shit and all of this shit, that's, that's what, what you're going to get. That's what you'll get, man. Yeah. They still tell kids that they can be whatever they want, but what they mean now is that 
if you want to be a duck-pilled platypus or a porpoise, you could be that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fucking shit. That's real, man. Yeah. That's real. Uh, moving on. Question number two, Andy. Uh, you said that we need to vote every established politician out of office. Um, and this November is our chance to turn things around. How do we do that um, with all the corruption, the rigging of the voting machines? Um, what, what, are, what are your recommendations for citizens? Can citizens do anything to ensure that this is going to be a fair election? Yeah, there's a few things you can do. One, make sure you go vote. That's number one. Okay, voter turnout is a fucking huge deal. Yeah. Secondly, um, you know, you can organize in your community. Like, like a lot of states have have filed laws and created laws now to to eliminate drop boxes and mail in and ballot harvesting, but if you're in a state that doesn't that still allows that, you can organize your your uh, your community um, to you know monitor the drop boxes. Yep. Make sure they're not doing because what was happening was these people come to these drop boxes at the middle of the night with thousands and thousands and thousands of ballots. Nobody's around to catch them. Yep. And I think it's really important that people get engaged in the process. I think, you know, the, the left will call this voter intimidation. It's not voter intimidation. In fact, I encourage people of both both sides of the aisle to work together to, to, to monitor this because the truth of the matter is whether you are fundamentally a Democrat or fundamentally a, a Republican or whatever else in between um, or outside of, you know, having voter integrity and voter confidence is a very important issue to the country. And, and you would have to be a literal fucking moron to not understand at this point that they're systematically destroying our com our country. Yeah. And, um, you know, you could be in denial all you want. You say, oh, Andy, you're just fucking sick. No, dude, it's what I said was going to happen. It's happening. And here we are. And so how are we going to fix it? I really wish I could go back in time and force every single one of you motherfuckers listen to what I said. We wouldn't be here, but we are here. And so now I'm telling you the way to fucking do it is to make sure that you're voting for people um, who are unaffiliated with like, you know, being bought and paid for. Make sure that you are voting people who are America first. Make sure you are voting people that, uh, that align with the Constitution. Make sure you are voting for people that uh, believe in the, the interests of our country, not in the interests of themselves and have proven show so. And then also make sure that you're monitoring these voting stations, you know, uh, the where the polling stations and then also the drop boxes and all that shit. You should you have to do that in your community. You know, so like you guys ask, well, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? You should start organizing that now. You yeah. know, because no one's going to be able to come drop 30,000 fucking ballots off if there's 10 people standing there. Right. Right. That's the thing, because they were all done at like two, three, four. Yeah, but bro, the what I'm, these these boxes have to be monitored until the election is called. And and. They can only fudge so much percentage of the election. So that's why I said voter turnout is such a huge thing, because if 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 we as Americans go out and vote the way that we all know we feel, they won't be able to cover that gap with fraud. Right. It's only if the votes close within three or four or five percent. Can they do that? Um, and only if we're not prepared for it. And I think after 2020, you know, even most of the left realizes that there was fraud. And most of the left at this point in time uh, really wishes that hadn't happened because it's affecting them just as much as it's affecting everybody else. So, so uh, you know, we have to get smart. We have to get engaged. We have to organize in our communities to take care of the problem. And you have to do this. This is your duty. This is what you have to do. Yeah. And then if they cheat again when everybody's done all this shit and the, uh, all of a sudden shit gets shut well, then they'll have to deal with the repercussions. Right. That, that, yeah. that, that, we'll say that for CTI. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, also, I also think you have to do the long-term game, which is I think 
more and more people literally need to be buying literally cartons full of copies of the United States Constitution, handing them out, reading them, encouraging discussion about them, uh, encouraging books that actually Yeah, expound, this doesn't stop you know, in yeah, November, yeah, guys. Yeah, like th- this needs to be like a whole cultural transformation. And so like more and more people need to actually know what's in the Constitution, actually understand the basic principles. What's really amazing to most people when they actually take the time to do it, I think people have this, this thought in their mind that, oh man, the Constitution must be this like really, really complex, overwhelming thing that I can't possibly understand on my own. No, go pick up a copy of the Constitution. Sure, buy a couple books to help help you understand it, but but understand the basic principles, understand the Bill of Rights, understand the ideas that yeah, are- Yeah, they've intentionally are, not yeah. even taught. Dude, there's, dude, if you ask a 22-year-old person what, what's in the Constitution, they can't tell you. No. And they've intentionally fucking left that out. And then they've taught them that the Constitution is racist because there were slaves back then. Right. Bro, right. We've, we've adjusted. the All these things have happened through the course of America that we've overcome. And people want to talk about shit from 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker, we're here now. Right. Your life is now. You're not going back 200 years ago. Okay? Right. We have an opportunity now to live out what America should have always been. We have the opportunity to be the generation of people that is alive during the time where America is restored and honestly fulfilled to the, to the idea of what it always should have been. And instead, we want to argue about fucking, you know, George Washington's, f- f- what the fuck? Like, motherfuckers, we only have one life. We're going to be dead. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you guys rather fucking, like, get together and make this country into something that's how it's supposed to be? Because that's what I would like to do. Mm-hmm. I'll jump on that too, man. Yeah. Absolutely. True, man. Guys, our third and final question. Andy, I've been given a new leadership position and I have some issues. Um, I'm not one to micromanage every single detail. However, sometimes the guys and girls I lead seem to take advantage of this and slack off with their responsibilities. I make sure I, that I lead by example and get all my work done, but it doesn't seem to be translating to them the way I want it. Do you have any advice on how I can get them to execute without controlling every detail of their task? Well, m- the main thing is, dude, it, leadership is not done by dictation. It's done by inspiration if you do it right. Like you should be teaching that person not only the importance of, uh, and the skills of how to lead, uh, but you, you know, the people on your team should be leading themselves. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you should be inspiring them to perform for the, for the cause that's greater than themselves, which is the, the fucking company. Because if the company, bro, if you're selfless enough to pour yourself into the company and the company grows, you grow. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right, like, right. dude, this, and then as the, as the manager or the leader, you know, you have to back that up. But I mean, at the end of the day, dude, you know, it's not about micromanaging or anything. Like, in fact, I don't think anybody wants to micromanage. But I think at the end of the day, People get caught up in micromanaging because they aren't good enough at inspiring people to do the job on their own. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The other side of that, though, bro, I wonder uh, what you would say. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like people say, well, I don't, I don't want to be a micromanager. I'm more of a macro stand back. But that could be an excuse for not just not wanting to do the hard work. Yeah, of, or like, not wanting to build relationships right. yeah. or not wanting to get involved or not wanting to you know, get their hands dirty. Or they're afraid that the person's going to know more than them, so they don't want to expose that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all kinds of reasons. There's but at the end of the day, yeah. it takes micro and macro. 
And, mm-hmm. and like, you can't just let people loose and do whatever they want. But I've found that the best way is to coach them, make sure they understand the fundamentals, um, then make sure they understand the purpose, make sure they tie together that the purpose grows, they grow, and then kind of let them go and see what they do. Because, dude, all the, everybody wants to contribute on their own. They don't want to just be a robot where you say, hey, put the X uh, in this column and put the Y in this column and do that all day. Like, that's not, that's not fulfilling. So you have to give them a little bit of freedom so that they can create their little piece of whatever it is you're building because that's what creates the fulfillment and, and the overall uh, ownership that they feel in whatever project or company you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always going to be some times where you step in and fucking make a correction. That's not micromanaging, bro. Like a lot of people, Vaughn, you're right about that. Like a lot of people just don't want to lead mm-hmm. and they don't want to accept the role that they're a leader. Um, so they say, well, I'm not a micromanager. Well, you're, you're copping the fuck out, bro. You're mm-hmm. here to help these people mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're not helping them win, if you see somebody doing something wrong and you don't step in and say, hey, this is how it should be done, you're failing them. Right. And not mm-hmm. only are you failing them, you're failing yourself because they're not going to do as good and then you're going to suffer too. So it really is a team effort. It always is. Well, you know, you, you look around first form and obviously there's all these people who do, they are self-directed on, on a certain level and they, they do take initiative. But you would be the first person to say, yeah, but you got to implement the system first. Yeah, you got they, they, in, a, in a way, they're not self-directed. They're they system-directed. Yeah, that's they right. They you know? just walk in here. That's right. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's, that's the value of building a strong culture that is um, built around, you know, a, a guided framework for people to behave. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you have core values for your company, that's not, that's not just some shit that's on the wall. Those are the things that people look to when they're not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I don't know what to do or I'm unsure about a situation, I'll look at the core values and I'll think, okay, well, here's the solution one, here's solution two, mm-hmm. here's solution three. Mm-hmm. How do these fit into this? And what would be the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And that's never really led me wrong. Right. A couple of times it has, a couple of times it's, it's, I've given more grace than what people deserved. Um, and that's come back to bite me a couple of times. But at the, at the end of the day, I would say way more good comes of that than bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yep. Well, guys, Andy, that's all I got, man. That's three. Let's go pay the fee. All right. Share the show. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no head